let the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children Welcome to Children's Bible Journey with stories and songs just for kids. We have a dramatized Bible story coming up, but let's get today's program started by singing some praises to our awesome God. Symphonies 
singing praises to Jesus. We'll do some more singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible and Living Sound. How soon are we going? Be patient, my son. We'll be in Jerusalem for quite a spell and we must take a tent, food, changes of clothing. I want to go. I think we have everything and are ready to go, aren't we, dear? I'll take one last look around and make sure. Why are we going to Jerusalem, Father? We're going to the dedication service. What does that mean? Well, the wall of Jerusalem is rebuilt, the gates are finished, and the doors and bolts of the gates are in place. All the people gather, and the walls and the people who help build them are blessed. We helped too, didn't we? Oh, we surely did, son. And God kept his promise, as he always does. We spend most of our time helping with the walls, yet our crops and herds and sheep grew better and yielded more than when we spent all our time on ourselves. I think I'll be a priest in the temple when I grow up. <laughs> well, I'm afraid that's impossible, son. To be a priest, you have to be of the tribe of Levi, and we're not. But I want to work for God. Well, you don't have to be a priest to serve God, son. Just obey his commands, be honest, do your work faithfully. Be kind to others, regardless of how unkind they are to you. Do these things, and you'll be serving God just as truly as do the priests of the temple. I couldn't find anything we'd left, so I guess we're ready to go. Yeah, get in the cart, then. Let's start. Oh, get up. Get up there. Yeah. Off to Jerusalem. Uh, Jerusalem. Holy city of God. David chose well the site of Jerusalem. It's beautiful. We can see over the walls into the city. Well, that's because we're on the Mount of Olives. Inside the wall, you see there at the left, where the wall turns, is the temple. You see that gate just to the right? Well, that is the Golden Gate. Oh, beautiful. There aren't many houses in there. Why not, Father? When the city walls and the temple were destroyed by the general of King Nebuchadnezzar's army, he destroyed everything but the houses of the poor people. 
Nothing but the temple and the walls have yet been rebuilt. Oh, but there are a lot of people inside the walls. There'll be a lot more. They're coming from all over Judah for the dedication and yearly feasts, like we are. What a happy and proud throng it'll be. Happy that each has had a part in building the wall. My son is the water gate. I don't see any water. <laughs> well, it's called the water gate, son, because right outside the gate is Gihon Spring. And from that spring, there's an underground tunnel all the way to the Pool of Siloam. That's how the water gets to the pool, through the tunnel. How did the tunnel get there? Well, it was dug by the people under the direction of the good King Hezekiah. Oh, no wonder Israel has been proud of Jerusalem. We will be again when it's completely rebuilt. May we see the rest of Jerusalem, Father? Oh, not now, sir. Why not? Well, because we have to attend a meeting, a gathering of all the people. What for? Because Nehemiah is going to speak. We want to hear what this great man has to say. Why? Why is he great? Well, Nehemiah is wise and prudent, diplomatic, energetic. And he's great mostly because he has faith, believes and obeys the God of Israel. Oh, is he going to speak from that tall platform? I suppose that's why they built it, yes. Look, Father, look. They're going to march. Yes, son, there's going to be a procession led by the priests and Levites. Why can't we march, too? Well, we could, but we'd lose our place here, close by the speaker's platform. When everyone was in his right place... Is that old man standing in the middle of the platform he? Is he? Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy endureth forever. Give thanks, give thanks, ye people of Israel. Give This is a great day for Israel, for Judah, for Jerusalem, and for you, ye chosen people of God. There is nothing I can say, there is nothing anyone can say more important on this awesome day than that which was written by Moses in these scrolls. They are the words of the Lord your God. Listen ye to them. I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image or any... And Ezra read unto the people from the book of the law from morning until midday. And the people wept when they heard the words of the law, for they realized they were sinners before the Lord. Hold your peace, my people, for this day is holy. Neither be ye grieved. Go your way, eat and drink, and send portions unto the poor who have no portion. Neither be ye sorrowful, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. Oh, give thanks unto the Lord, for he is good. His mercy is forever. Give thanks to 
continue the Bible story tomorrow, and if you would like to have these stories to listen to at home, you can call the Bible in Living Sound at 1-800-634-0234. That's 1-800-634-0234. Now here's some more music before we have to say goodbye. My store squeezing cantaloupe, my friend Mariam. Hi, Mr. Habib. Your school report about people in your town. Have you finished it? Nope. Just one more question for you. Okay, I'm ready. Why fruit? Why fruit? Yes. Why do you sell fruit? Why is there Habib's fruit market? Because I know something that many of my customers don't even know. Really? Is it a secret? Nope. If you want to be healthy and strong, you see, fruit is medicine. Medicine? Yes. When God created fruit and vegetable, he was really making medicine that is more powerful than anything you can find at drugstore. Take these oranges. They contain vitamin C, something everybody needs to fight cold and flu. And these blueberries, they help fight cancer. Everything you see here is powerful medicine designed by God to keep us healthy and strong. I didn't know that. I thought they just tasted good. You see how wise God is? He made the things that are good for us taste good too. He put wonderful flavor in each one. Watermelons, grapes, pomegranates, pineapple. Each is filled with good medicine and delicious flavor. And mangoes? Especially mangoes. So when I sell fruits and vegetables, I'm giving my customer for medicine from great physician himself. Thank you, Mr. Habib. That's great to know. I'll take a big bag of those medicine mangoes over there. I want my mom and dad to be healthy, too. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Chapter 9, Bear. Dee Dee had never, ever seen a bear in the wild before. She had only seen bears in zoos behind cages, but there in the trail right in front of her was a black bear. Dee Dee's eyes got as big as saucers. Shorty, it's a bear, she yelled. But Shorty's horse didn't like seeing bears up close any more than Dee Dee did. Before anyone knew what was happening, Shorty's horse reared up on its hind legs, bucked a couple of times, and charged down the mountain. Whoa, Shorty yelled. But it was already too late. Shorty did a backward somersault off his horse and landed on his legs not too far from Angel and Dee Dee. As soon as Shorty hit the ground, he yelled and toppled over on his side. 
The confused bear took one look at all the commotion and ran as fast as it could in the opposite direction. Dee Dee held tight onto Angel's reins and tried to speak calmly. Whoa, 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 Angel, Dee Dee said. There was still a high squeak in her voice, but she thought she sounded pretty calm. Finally, Angel settled down. With Zack in one arm, Dee Dee hopped down beside Shorty. Chris and Sammy hopped out of their saddles, too, and crowded around. Shorty acted like he didn't want to get up. Dee Dee knelt down. Are you all right, Shorty? Shorty shook his head. I don't think so. I think my leg is broken. All of a sudden, Dee Dee's heart began beating twice as fast as normal. Are, are you sure, she stammered, trying to get the words out. Shorty grimaced. Yes, I'm sure, Dee Dee. I don't think it's too bad of a break, but I can't walk and I sure can't ride. Even though she had her best friends with her, Dee Dee still felt scared. Now what do I do, she wondered, and then she thought of something her dad had told her. If something happens and you are scared, tell yourself to be calm. You can think much better if you are calm. Dee Dee told herself to be calm. She took a deep breath. Wow, I feel better already. It really works. Then she thought of something else her dad had told her to do if she ever got scared. Dear Jesus, please help me know what to do. All of us need your help right now. Dee Dee opened her eyes. Jenny and Sammy were looking at her. They smiled. They knew she had been praying. What do you want us to do? Shorty thought for a moment. You know, there's a cave just a few yards away. It's not a very deep cave, but the mouth of it is wide. There's just enough of an overhang to stay out of the sun, and the rock walls will reflect the heat of a fire and keep us warm. Chris was kneeling beside Shorty. How do we move you, Mr. Wilson? That's a good question, Shorty said. First, we better immobilize my leg. What does immobilize mean, Jenny asked. It means to put a splint on my leg to keep it from moving, Shorty replied. First, find a straight, sturdy stick. Then we'll tie it onto my leg. Willie was still on Smokey. He backed Smokey up and began searching for a stick from horseback. The way he leaned over in the saddle and examined the ground, he looked like a scout from an old western movie. I found one, Willie yelled. He pointed at the ground. It's right here beside this fallen log. Chris got the stick and laid it beside Shorty's leg. What do we do now, he asked. First, I need a way to tie the stick to my leg. Chris frowned. I don't have... I've got it, Sammy interrupted. Chris, you and I can use our belts. That's a good idea, Sammy, Shorty said. Dee Dee and Chris did everything Shorty told them to do. Chris held the stick against Shorty's leg while Dee Dee gently wrapped the belts around both Shorty's leg and the stick. It was hard to tighten the belts without hurting Shorty, though. Every time Shorty grunted because of the pain, Dee Dee stopped. Go ahead, Dee Dee, Shorty encouraged her. You're doing a very good job. Maybe you should think about being a doctor someday. Dee Dee smiled. Do you really think I could? Sure do, Shorty replied. While Chris and Dee Dee finished putting the splint on Shorty's leg, Sammy, Jenny, and Maria led the horses over to the cave and tied them up. Then they gathered wood and built a fire to keep Shorty warm after it got dark. While everyone else was busy, Willie thought he glimpsed Shorty's horse a little way down the trail, so he rode down to check it out. He returned, leading Shorty's horse. Once the splint was put on Shorty's leg, the shoebox kids gathered around and helped him stand up. Then they helped him keep his balance as he hopped and skipped over to the cave. Dee Dee thought they looked about as coordinated as a bunch of clowns all trying to go in different directions. 
At the cave, they gently helped Shorty lie on the ground. Thank you, Shorty said. I'm glad you all are here to help me, but now it looks like you kids will have to go back to the resort for help. By ourselves, Dee Dee asked. Shorty chuckled. It certainly doesn't look like I'll be much help. I know you can do it, and if you run into Ruth Thompson or her brother, Eagle Feather, they can help you find your way back, too. If anyone can get you back to Wild Horse Mountain Lodge, Eagle Feather can. He probably knows this country better than anyone. But he's the kidnapper, Dee Dee said before she could stop herself. She remembered the strange marks on the ground and knew they were made by Eagle Feather's moccasins. Shorty chuckled, then coughed. No, Eagle Feather isn't the kidnapper. For a while, I also thought Eagle Feather was guilty, but I couldn't prove it, so I didn't accuse him. Dee Dee frowned. That's not what I did. I was sure he was guilty, even when I didn't have any proof. You thought he was a suspect, but you didn't have a right to say he was guilty unless you could prove it, Shorty said. He shifted his body to get more comfortable. When you and Willie said you saw an Indian in the bushes yesterday when Apache got scared, I finally realized that Eagle Feather was not the one who had been trying to kidnap Zack. He had gone with his mother to town the day before yesterday, since it was her day off. Something clicked in Dee Dee's head. I remember Eagle Feather mentioned that he was with his mother. He couldn't have been the kidnapper then, but I found his footprints everywhere the kidnapper was. How many people wear moccasins around here, she wondered. Shorty frowned. I have a confession. It was my fault your trap with the camera didn't work today. It took a few seconds for what Shorty said to sink in. Dee Dee narrowed her eyes at him. What do you mean it was your fault? You mean you got in the way on purpose? Shorty nodded. If your trap had worked, then Ruth Thompson and not her brother Eagle Feather would have been caught. But that's exactly what I was trying to do, catch the kidnapper, Dee Dee huffed. Shorty smiled. That's true, I guess. You were hot on the trail, but I wanted to talk to Ruth before you caught her so I could tell her that I knew what she was up to. So when I saw you tie Zack to the tree instead of take him down to the lake, I figured you had probably set a trap for the kidnapper. All this time, I thought Eagle Feather was the kidnapper, Dee Dee thought. But why was Ruth trying to kidnap Zack? Then something Shorty had just said made her stop and think. What do you mean? Do you know why Ruth was trying to kidnap Zack? Shorty's blue eyes danced. He nodded. Yes, I believe I do know why she did it. It's just an idea, though. Maybe through your investigation, you can find out what her motive was. Chris had just brought in a load of wood for the fire. He looked from Dee Dee to Shorty. So you aren't going to tell us? No. Dee Dee didn't know what to say. She had been so close to catching the kidnapper in the act. You won't tell us, she repeated. Sorry, Shorty said, shaking his head. This is a mystery that is best left up to you to solve. Once Shorty was made as comfortable as possible, Dee Dee gathered the shoebox kids around. I think some of us should stay here with Shorty until help arrives, she told them. Chris nodded. I'll stay here and keep Zack with me. So will we, Jenny and Maria said. Dee Dee looked at Willie. Do you want to go with me? I'm going to need someone along who knows how to handle horses. Willie smiled. Yep, count me in, Podner. Dee Dee laughed. You sound just like a real cowboy. I'll go too, Sammy said, adjusting his cowboy hat. Dee Dee looked at the sky. It's getting dark faster than I thought it would. We better get going. Dee Dee, come here. Shorty was up on his elbow. Remember that the horses have been over these trails many times. They know the way home, and that's where they'll go if you let them. Dee Dee knelt down beside Shorty. I'll try to remember, she said. 
I'm telling you this because it can get so dark in these mountains that you can't see your hand in front of your face, much less the trail. You'll just have to trust the horses to get you home. Shorty's face got really white, like he was in a lot of pain. He sank back down on the ground. Dee Dee put her hand on Shorty's arm. I'm going to trust in Jesus most of all to watch over us, and you too. Thank you, Dee Dee. Say, you kids wouldn't mind praying with an old wrangler before you go, would you? Shorty asked. The shoebox kids all smiled at once. Everyone knelt down where Shorty lay as Dee Dee said the prayer. Dear Jesus, we're all a little scared. Would you help us? Sammy, Willie, and I need to get help for Shorty, and most of all, Shorty's leg hurts a lot. Would you help him feel better? Thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. When everyone's eyes opened again, the shoebox kids could see a tear in Shorty's eye. They knew it wasn't because his leg hurt. They knew it was because Shorty wanted to know Jesus better. Chris untied Angel and tightened the cinch for Dee Dee. He held on to Angel's bridle while Dee Dee mounted up. Thank you, Chris, Dee Dee said. Chris smiled at Dee Dee to help her feel better. You're welcome. You guys be careful, okay? We will, Sammy, Willie, and Dee Dee all said together as they turned their horses toward the trail. Please watch Zach carefully for me, Chris, too, Dee Dee added before she left. I will. Willie took the lead on Smokey. He looked at the gray sky and remembered how fast it got dark in the mountains when the sun went down. He tried to find the moon, but there was no moon. Willie's stomach suddenly felt like it was tied in a big knot. I hope we can still see the trail when it gets dark, he said. Dee Dee was riding second. Maybe we'll get back before it gets too dark. I don't think we have enough time, Sammy said. It took us almost two hours to ride as far as the cave. We only have about half an hour of light left. Sammy's right, Dee Dee thought. We don't have enough time. If only Shorty's horse hadn't spooked, we would all be safe and sound with our families. Dee Dee, Willie, and Sammy rode through the trees and brush without talking. The woods seemed to be getting strangely quiet. Dee Dee hoped it was so quiet because the birds were tired out from singing all day and all the other animals were tired from playing and had gone to bed. She watched Angel's ears. Her right ear went forward, then her left ear went backward. Angel's hearing was so good she could hear things in the mountains Dee Dee couldn't hear at all. But Angel didn't seem to be concerned. If Angel isn't worried, she thought, then I guess I shouldn't be so worried either. Suddenly, Sammy's horse kicked a rock that went bouncing off into the bushes. Dee Dee jerked straight up. She had gotten so used to rocking in the saddle as Angel plodded along that the rock startled her. It was just a rock, Sammy said. I thought it was another bear or something. Dee Dee twisted around to look at Sammy. It was so dark she could barely see Sammy even though he was riding only ten feet away. Are you okay? Sammy nodded. Yeah, I sure wish we were back at the cabins, though. So do I, Dee Dee said. The story you have heard today is a chapter of The Shoebox Kids, Book 10, Adventure on Wild Horse Mountain, written by Eric Stoffel, edited and created by Jerry D. Thomas, and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy, foolish things they say. The springtime of their life.
they'll become. So let the children come. Please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Life Talk Radio at lifetalk.net.